Oh, praise the Lord, Tabernacle of Praise. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I don't know about you, but he set aside the Sabbath day for me to come into his house, into into his courts, into into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I don't know about you, but I got something to be thankful for. If that's you, won't you go ahead and say amen? Amen. Amen. Won't you join your boy for a word of prayer this morning? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we simply thank you for waking us up this morning. God, we know so many things are going on in this world today. But God, you saw fit to protect us, to keep us here a little to finish the job you have for us. God, we thank you for your protection, God. We can't thank you enough for that. Well, we see people around of us dying, God, left and right, and people being shot, even in their homes. But God, we thank you for sparing our lives. God, we simply thank you just for another day. God, we want to thank you for your presence. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is here in the midst. So we welcome you, Lord Jesus, into your place. And since you are here today, God, we expect healing. We expect a blessing. We expect deliverance. We expect somebody to overcome whatever they are going through. We don't know if it's depression, it's pain in their body, oh Lord, but you are in the building and somebody will be changed today. So Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. And God, we just thank you for your spirit, God, being in us. That wherever we go, you are there and people see the light of God in us. So, God, we pray that you bless this service today, your manservant, the choir, the musicians, and anybody in movement today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Go ahead and, um, what's the mission, the church mission, and let's repeat that thing together. Our mission is to empower and disciple our members to loving servants of Jesus Christ, sharing the good news of salvation through prayer, outreach, and worship. Pow. Our vision. Our vision is to be a healthy, united body of believers, actively engaged in the community, providing emotional, physical, and spiritual support. Amen. Praise God whom all blessings flow.
your hands together for Sister Tate. You did a wonderful job. So we're right here at Tabernacle of Praise. We go around, we greet our brothers and sisters. Put a smile on somebody's face and say it's good to see you at Tabernacle of Praise. education and relationship. This is a place to belong. This is a place for you and your family to grow in the spirit of God's grace and in his knowledge. I ask that you share this live feed with somebody. Somebody needs to hear God's word today. Somebody needs to be healed. Somebody needs to be changed. Somebody is in need of hope and you can just press that button, press that like button and share it so that somebody can receive the blessings of God. If you're ever in the St. Louis area, we welcome you to be a part of this worship experience. You can visit us online and also in person, 1721 Parker Road here in St. Louis, Missouri. Also, please check our website, see what's happening next month. We celebrate our Black History Month, see all of the things that are happening. We ask that you be a part of that worship experience as well. I ask that you continue to pray for us. And also, if you would like to help us to continue to share this gospel message, we invite you to go to our website and give us a financial blessing. Or you can go to Cash App, T-O-P, T-O-P Giving. 
Cash App, T.O.P. Giving. And we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your financial blessing as well. Once again, welcome at Tabernacle of Praise. Have a wonderful week. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together. Hey. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey. We give God praise with our hands, with our voice, and we say, Everybody is welcome. Come on. Say, you are. You are welcome. Uh Uh-huh. To praise the Lord. That's what we are coming to. the church say amen. amen if you're happy and you know it say amen. amen that's what I'm talking about this is a great day you may be seated choir this is a great day to give God thanks on this holy day as a matter of fact as Maurice prayed we are sitting here today it's a miracle family it's a miracle So every second we are alive, my dear friends, you ought to give God thanks. I went to two funeral services this past week, and oh, my, my, my. Aren't you glad you're here? Amen, amen. And so we just wanted to just say welcome to all of our members. Glad that you are worshiping on on this Sabbath with us and... It's good to see Didi again and his, his son and his, his, his niece. We're glad that they, they're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We know that there are more people still coming in the house, but we want to just go ahead and I want to give you a few um, remarks here, make a few remarks here so that we'll know what's happening. Um, Sister Wellington, she's not here as of yet, but I believe there was a message sent out um, those who are receiving the text message announcements about our health survey. Did y'all receive that? Yes, sir. Now, uh, uh, how many did the survey? You just missed the blessing. I was going to give somebody $25. Mercy, mercy. The next time. All right. What I need you to do, family, we have a health survey. You're going to receive that. I believe they have a, a hard copy uh, maybe downstairs um, during our fellowship time. Um, do that survey. This is a health survey. But also, if you want to do it online, you can go to our, our Facebook page. I believe some of the health team, team, they are perhaps out in the community. Perhaps that's what's happening. And so you can go to the Facebook page and take the survey um, as well. Also, in, we encourage you all to come to Bible study. Amen? It's where we're able to dialogue and grow and uh, it's a blessing um, for us to study together as a family. No one preaching um, to you. We just dialogue and grow. And amen. amen. And so every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. right there in our conference room. And then at 7 p.m. is our prayer service. Perhaps you cannot make it in person. Easy thing to do is to call this number every Wednesday, 712-770-4035. And you just put in the access, access code 817 817- one four zero, and you were able to join that prayer call at seven p.m. Amen. It's good to know people are praying, 
And so, so I, I pray that more will um, be in person or even on the line every Wednesday evening. And then also want to let you know that we celebrate our communion service next week Sabbath. Amen. Come on, amen. It's a celebration, right? And so we celebrate um, um, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this is a great opportunity for us to come together on next week. So officers, deacons, and our deaconesses, as you know, we do have rehearsal Friday evening at 6.30. Some of you perhaps will be here at 6 p.m. That's fine. But we'll start the rehearsal at 6.30. We'll get out of the choir way for them to rehearse. And then we will continue with our practice, our um, service. Also, um, our outreach training. We're supposed to have outreach training today. We move that to next Sabbath at 2 p.m. Amen? Yeah. Next Sabbath at 2 p.m. I hope that you're sad because I'm moving it and you're not happy. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Y'all are funny. And so, and so we, we, as a church, it's all about relationships inside and also on the outside. Amen? As we repeat our vision and our mission, uh, we, these are not words, just words. These have to be put into action, right? Got to be, we have to live this thing out. And so this is what this church is about, and this is why this church is on the move. This church is alive, my dear friends, when we are doing this type of ministry. So I will need your input on next week's Sabbath at 2 p.m., some of the things that you would like us to do um, um, as we move out in the community. I want you to bring some of your ideas, all right? And so our, our outreach, we're launching our I Serve Compassion Outreach Service on the 15th of next month, all right? And so please be ready for that. So on that Sabbath, we will wear one of our T-shirts, whether you have a church T-shirt or the Compassion T-shirt or the Stop the Violence T-shirt, just wear one of those T-shirts, amen? And so that will be there. And so also, celebration, this is our calendar. How many of you received the flyer? You, you have the flyers? Amen. All right, I need you to have at least two or three. Do you have it? Ushers, make sure everyone, you have them, right? So I don't want these flyers to be just like that. All right? The best advertisement is word of mouth, you, right? You're doing it. You're doing it. And so invite a friend, invite a co-worker, invite um, a relative. Give this, them, give this to them as an invitation. Amen? And say so we invite them to be a part of it because as we start on February 7th, that's the second week, as we start our winter revival, that Friday we will be right here for a worship experience. Amen? Amen. And so I need everyone in the house. I want to pack this house up. Amen? Can we do that? Amen. I want to have at least 180 chairs in here Amen. and 180 Amen. bodies in here. Amen. And so I need your help. Are you going to help? Amen. And I know that the Holy Spirit is on the move. And so be ready. Our guest speaker, Pastor Richard Palmer, he is ready. He's ready to preach. And then that Saturday is our friends and family day. Going to be an awesome time. Amen. And so that's the Sabbath. You're going to wear your African attire. So remember the first Sabbath, February 1st, we are wearing red. So I want to see red in the house. Amen. We go red, and so we ran red. So get get your red dress, your red tie, your red shoes, your red socks. Get something red, amen? Have a, have a great time, and so hope, hope that you'll be a part of that. And so please, look what's happening. And then my last announcement is this. As Sister Carol Cohen, come on up as we do our thank offering. 
um, we want everyone to be a part of a ministry. And so our media ministry, um, they are having a training tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And so, so if you want to do something with perhaps with the sound or these lights, these lights, man, my dear friends, there's so much we are able to do with these lights, but we need somebody at that computer working the lights. Amen. Amen. Then we have the, the camera in the back. We need your help. We need your help. Amen. And so they'll be here at 2 p.m. if you would like to be a part of it. Young or old, young or old, no matter how, how young you are or how old you are, you can do something. Amen. And so we invite you to be a part of that. Come on, Sister Carol, that I thank all Happy Sabbath, everyone. Can our children come forth to receive the um, offering, please? Thank you very much. You know what? You know what? I like it. We asked you one time. You did it. God is good. I love it. Okay, so we need to get our offering now. We have some testimonies. Can our testimonies come on up? And I'm going to uh, give a testimony. You know when praises, go on out and get the blessings from God. You can go collect money. Um, you know when praises go up, then blessings come down. I tell you, ever since I've been coming up here giving my praises, the Lord has really blessed me. And I'm going to give you, when we are blessed... Those beside us are blessed as well. My daughter this week was up for a, um, she was nominated to be the business startup, technology startup business of the year award this week. And she was also, um, this week she was inducted into the Tennessee Technology Board. So she's over the state, she's on that board. So God is really blessing Listen, when you give praises, God take care of you and your family. Come on up here. Who wants to go first? We have only 10 minutes and a children's story within that 10 minutes. So you want to come on up. Praise the Lord. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Last evening, uh, Jesse, my son, was outside working on a car. He came in the house, went to his room. I kept feeling a really cold breeze, and I kept... Is the front door open? And he said, nope, I closed the door. We all went to bed about 11 o'clock and I said, is the front door open? He said, nope, it's closed. It's the window. The pe I live in a two family flat and the people downstairs smoke so I leave windows open to keep the smoke to a minimum. Holy Spirit said, your front door is open. I had Talasia go to the stairs, she looked down, I'm on the second floor, and she looked down, she said, the front door is wide open. I said, no, it's not, quit playing with me. She's like, I'm Brit, it's open. I said, Daylin, she said, it's open, Grandma. Mercy, at 11.30, we all going to bed. We were about to leave my front door. I live in the heart of the city, cross street from Fairground Park. People are always walking, lurking, looking for some place to get into. I thank God. I listen to the Holy Spirit. When he says it, whether you think it's true or not, just be obedient, and God will protect you. He will keep you. Amen. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. I just want to give my testimony on behalf of uh, Mary Passad and I. We have been really uh, trying to work hard to keep our little uh, couples 
group going and doing activities, uh, you know, whenever we can get together. So we were struggling to try to find an, uh, a venue that would accommodate us. And, um, and money is always an issue and budget and everything. And so we uh, kept calling around to different places and everything was kind of out of our budget and no one could accommodate us. So I finally found this one restaurant out in uh, Chesterfield who said that they can accommodate us. So, um, and it was a fee involved. And so Mary and her husband went out and checked it out and she kind of told the uh, owner what we were doing and what we had planned. And he gave us a fee and we told him that we wanted to bring in um, like sparkling cider and um, our own dessert. He said, okay, but we'll have to charge you $50. And she said, well, it's uh, that's a little steep for us. And he said, well, um, most restaurants won't even let you bring in your own liquor. And she said, no, sir, we're not bringing in liquor. It's apple cider and we're gonna be buying your food and everything. But long story short, the man ended up blessing us and giving us the whole venue for free. And there is no charge to bring in our own uh, dessert and uh, um, sparkling cider. So God is good. <laughs> so if you're a couple, come on out February the 8th, 6.30 p.m. Nigel, Nigel, will you come forward and say, oh, sorry, Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for protecting us throughout the day. And thank you for keeping us safe. And thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so thank you very much, Nigel. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so today we have a quick, quick, quick story for you guys. Um, this is found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Now, who knows what, um, what credit is? Who knows what debt is? Do anybody know what that is? Any, any of the children? So wonderful to not have those things in your head. Well, debt is when you owe somebody else some money or you owe them something. There's a story about a widow, and she, uh, uh, she had, her husband died, and he had been a priest so the widow went to uh, Elisha and said, hey, my husband was a priest, and he died, and we don't have any money. And so my, the bondsmen are coming. These are people, they want to take our, our, my sons into slavery. Who knows what slavery is? Okay, Nigel, what is it? Yes! Forcing you to work. Well, not like your parents. Forcing you to work without pay. But these, they were going to have to work without pay to pay off her debt, what she owed to somebody else. And so she went to pay attention to what she did, because I'm going to ask her two questions, maybe three. She went to the priest and said, hey, my husband was a priest. He was a faithful man. And now we, he's died, and we've fallen into hard times. We don't have any money and any food. And the bondsman wants to take my sons and put them into slavery, make them work for the rest of their lives to pay off our debt. Can you help us? And he said, what, pay attention, do you have in the house? And she said, we only have a pot of oil. He said, all right, go and, and fill up the pots. Go and get some pots. Don't get a few pots. Get a lot of pots and fill them up with oil. And then she went and got the pots, and she filled them till they were all full. 
And do you know that woman was able to sell oil? She paid off all of her debts, and she had enough to live on the rest of her life. That is absolutely amazing. I have a couple of questions for you. What did she do? What faithful steps did she take? She took two. What faithful steps did she take? What did she do? Anybody want to guess? There's no wrong answers. Anybody want to guess? She first went, Nigel, got it going on. What's going on? She did pay some money. She paid it back. But how did she pay it back? Selling pots of oil. How did she get pots of oil? Anybody? God told her to buy a lot of pots and she filled them up with the oil. Oh, girl! Yes! So now let me ask y'all was it the pots? Was it the pots that got her the oil? What was it that made those pots magical almost? What was it? You said it. What did you say? God, but even more than that, the first thing she did was ask for help. If you're in trouble, always ask for help. Go to your mom, your dad, and Jesus and ask for help. First thing she did. Secondly, she did what he told her to do. That is faith, doing what God tells you to do. It is such a joy and pleasure to talk to you guys and to share with you all. And remember, all week, if you have any problems... Don't suffer by yourself. Talk to who? God and who else? Mom and dad. Thank you, Nigel. Please, I know you have done so much. Will you have a word of prayer for us, Nigel? Will you pray us out? Thank you. Come on up, babe. Let's bow our heads real quick. Thank you, God, for telling us this children's story. Thank you for bringing everybody here to save. And whoever is about to come, hope that they come safe, and thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Nigel. Okay, you guys have a great Sabbath. Ask everybody to stand to your feet. It's service time. Oh, my.
in the spirit and remove the devil out. God will open up the windows and the blessings he'll pour out. When there's a praise in the temple and a praise in the house, it's service time. It's service time. It's service time. It's service time. It's when the gates with thanksgiving and a praise on your mind.
They want to see if the individuals who are being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ will open up their mouths and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For bringing me out. It's prayer time. It's prayer time. If you need prayer, I'll invite you to come up to the front. Invite you to come past me not. Oh, gentle Savior. Bring your friend, bring your family members. Come. And let us pray to our maker and our king. The one who woke you up this morning, that's who we're praying to. The one who allowed you to be here. You didn't experience an accident while coming. Come. Perhaps you've never talked to him before. What a great opportunity to come. I want you all to press a little closer because sometimes other people see a little crowd and they, yes, come closer. Uh, I think someone else needs to come. Perhaps. Others. 
quietly, just just play quietly, play quietly. Family, prayer brings us up to God. That's powerful. That when you speak to your creator, his ears are attentive to your prayers. And that you have power. And in our prayer today, we just pray, God, thank you. We're not asking for riches. We're just saying, God, thank you. So right now, before I pray, I want you right now to begin to thank God for who he is. Come on, thank God for who he is and what he has done for you this week. Thank you for touching us this morning. And you told us to get up, get dressed, get in the car, and come to Tabernacle of Praise today. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. Some of us, we didn't want to be here today. We could have been in our beds and just doing nothing. But God, you give us the desire to come into your holy presence to worship you in spirit and in truth of God. So we just say thank you. God, some of us had some some physical exams this week or the week before. And we just say thank you for the good report. You that we don't have cancer. Thank you, oh God, that we don't have diabetes. Thank you. Thank you for the food you have placed on our tables this week. Yes, God. 30,000 plus children and people around the world have just died of starvation. God, have mercy on us for complaining. Thank you for your forgiveness. We have lied, we've done wrong, we've said some mean stuff. We have an unforgiven um, heart, oh God, forgive us yes. today, Lord. Yes. Purify our minds today. Thank you for being the heart fixer, Lord. Thank yes. you for your deliverance in this house today. God, I pray you're covering over our mother and father a grandmother, a grandfather. God, you know their situation. I thank you 
that you're going to bring them out of it. I thank you, oh God, that you're going to give peace in the midst of trouble situation right now. I thank you that you're going to give strength when that person wants to give up on their family, give up on their relationship, give up even on you. I thank you right now for your sustaining power. I thank you right now for the increase of the Holy Spirit in our minds, in our homes, in our cars, on our jobs, in our neighborhoods. I thank you for you rebuking the evil spirit right now. I thank you that a change is going to come right now. Not tomorrow, but right now. I thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you that you're stronger than Satan and all of his evil angels. Thank you that you're not going to allow things of this world to overpower us. God, I thank you that you can heal the sick. I thank you that you can provide the funds we need to continue to take care of life matters. Thank you that you're going to give us success, oh God. Thank you that you're going to answer every prayer according to your will and in your time. And so God, that's just our prayer. Thank you for being who you are. The God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly Above all, we can ask of faith according to the power that is working us. God, I thank you for the word we're going to hear today. Pray that we will listen and be obedient. I pray that at the end of this service, Lord, that we will leave not the way we came in, but we will leave blessed and favored by the Lord. And so, God, we bless your name today. And we thank you for hearing and answering this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Come on, let's cry the Savior. Let's do the chorus. Come on, put your hands together if you receive that prayer. Church, we are the church. Come on, put your hands together. Let's do the chorus one more time. Come on.
Now's the time where everyone can participate. Yes. No, it's not time for fellowship dinner yet. <laughs> Although you can participate in that. But it's time for stewardship. And everyone say with me the five T's of stewardship. Time, time talent, talent, temple, temple treasure, treasure, and trees. And do you know that God gives us four of those blessings personally? All right. To use them for his glory and honor. Amen. Is there any pathfinders here, previous or current? So you know that one of the pledges is to go on God's errands, right? Uh, that's true. So I want to tell you that Lakita and I have been going on God's errands for a long time. All right. And we praise his name that we're able to go uh, wherever he called us to go. All right. Uh, you know, I had a, we had a silver van. You call it the silver streak because we were streaking all over the country. All right. North, south, east, west, wherever God called us to go and preach teach, give seminars and workshops on parenting, uh, take people to church and back, go give people a ride to work or to get some groceries yeah. or visit, Amen. sick and shut in, visit people in home, Amen. in homes, go to EAY conventions, Pathfinder camperies, uh -huh. general conference, uh, camp meetings, wherever he called us. We was all over this country. Uh, yeah. Like Johnny Cash's song, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> all over in that one van. All right. And Lakita told you that la a couple weeks ago, the van overheated. Uh, we went down to Nashville, and the van was heating up before we went, but I said, Lord, just get us down there and get us back. That's right. Uh, so hey. we can continue to witness for you. So we went down, had to fill the van up three times with water wow. on the way down. Went around there, filled it up some more. On the way back, had to fill it up three more times. I didn't tell Lakita it was overheating. But the temperature would go up real hot. And then I'd be praying, Lord, just let the temperature go back down and get us home. And it go back down. Went hot, went down. Went hot all the way back. So when we got back home, then we uh, were coming to church. And, you know, we only live about a mile or so. Came to church, had to turn around because the class was uh, moved back. Went back home. We didn't get past Quick Trip before it overheated. Wow. Mm. This time it wasn't going back down. <laughs> the heat stayed up and the beeper came on and started beeping like crazy. And wow. the light was on. And, and I was like, just get us home. Just get us home. And we got home and parked it. It hadn't moved since. <laughs> <laughs> and when I looked at the odometer, it tells you how far you've gone. You know that car has 375,000 miles. 375,000 miles going on God's errands. And most people are happy to get 100,000. God gave us almost four times that as faithful stewards. When you give your time, talent, temple, and treasure to God, he gives it back to you more than you can receive. And to put it in perspective, it's a big number, <coughs> 375,000, but that is like going around the world 15 times. Wow. 15 times around the planet. Yeah. Mm. That is going from here to the moon and back three quarters of the way back. We didn't make it back. <laughs> but we went to the moon and almost back. All right. Going on God's errands. And I just yeah. want to say thank you, Jesus, yeah. for that blessing, yeah. being faithful in time, talent, temple, and treasure. As a faithful steward, Amen. God will do that and more for each and every one of us. 
Because he loves to give to us, yeah. right? Yes. The more you the more you give to God, the more he gives to you. Amen. You can never ever beat God giving. That's and right. also God blessed us to the amount that it would have cost to fix the van, we were able to get another van for less than half of that. Yeah. And I am praying. I am praying and I want y'all to pray with us that we will go 375,000 more miles yeah, or right. more going on God's errands. Amen. Amen. At this time, we'd ask for our deacons to come forward. We offer prayer first before they come. Loving Father, we thank you so much for being with us, for blessing us abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or say. We thank you, dear Lord, for blessing us to be faithful servants of God and friends of man and faithful stewards sharing our time, talent, temple, and treasure with others as we go on your errands. Bless that which is about to be given, that which has already been given, to continue to do a worthy purpose of spreading the gospel in this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And please remember online you can give at dollar sign T-O-P giving on your cash app, dollar sign T-O-P giving.
Cause you woke me up right on time, time, time. Lord, I thank you for these blessings. and give God some praise. Praise the Lord. 
Just a little bit more. Those who came in after our welcome, we praise the Lord for you being. Thank you all for being a part of this service. What a wonderful time we are having in God's house. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for also giving your time and your talents and also your treasure. Amen. Amen. We give God thanks. I pray that you have enjoyed this sermon sermon series. Amen. I guess we're having some good food downstairs today, huh? <laughs> and I pray that um, as we as we conclude this sermon series, I ask that you share this series um, with friends and relatives. Amen. Um, you, you are able to see uh, Brother Lewis or Sister Karen. We do have a DVD ministry, amen? Amen. Small donation, $5, um, to be able to um, continue to allow us to share this, this, this gospel. And so, Brother Lewis, Sister Karen, just raise your hand just for you. Just raise your hand there in the back. Um, just go and see them after service. Uh, I believe this is something good that you can mail to a friend, a family, Remember someone going through something? Good, good, good series um, to, to help individuals to get through. Now, this is going to be, this message is so important. And so, um, I'm even tempted to just ask everybody um, to come on up. I'm even tempted. Um, because, let's make sure this door is locked, guys. No, your wife is coming back through. Oh, wait. But this is, this is an important message. And so, and so, as you know, we've been learning about the sovereignty of God. In other words, that he's in control. Right? Even when we are out of order and out of control, God is always in control. And, and we got to trust God. Um, you know, like, man, let him take care of everything, right? Let God handle it. You try to do things your own way, you'll always mess up. Always mess up. Let those who are inside, let them come on in. Let them come on in. Um, and so that's the sovereignty of God, that God, God is in control. And as I said before, like what's happening today at the cap- in our capital, um, they, they want to impeach the president. You can't impeach God. Come on, somebody. Can't impeach God. He, he, he's God, right? And so we, we, we understand also, we learn that in life we will experience delays and disappointments. We live in a sinful world. That makes life unfair. And so, and so things are going to happen, good and bad, right? Good and bad. It's going to happen. But it, it pays to have a relationship with Jesus that even when the bad happens, you're not going to fall apart. And so when delays do happen, right, when, when things don't work out as planned, right, you got you to understand, understand that sometimes delays happen because of our selfishness, our disobedience. Sometimes the enemy will bring delays, 
right? He's trying to stop you from, 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 uh, from, from going further and being a blessing and, and, and for you to just um, be down and out. But there, there are times also um, that God will also allow you to go through a delay. Sometimes God will take you the long route. That's what we're studying, right? Exodus chapter 13, he'll take you the long route. Now, guess what? When he take you the long route, know that he's leading, though. Even when the enemy is behind, when there's pain and sickness and, and death and, 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 and then you have all of these bills in the front of you and you're just stuck in between, know that God is taking you. He's going to take you through it. And so when we experience delays, know that um, 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 the four things that you don't, need, you don't want to do when you're going through disappointments, when you're going through hardship, the four things, remember, you cannot fear. Amen. You cannot fret. Don't worry. Don't worry. Stop. You're stressing yourself out can't sleep at night, you can't focus on the job, you tick off all the time. Don't faint. That means don't lose heart. Don't give up on hope, my dear friends. Don't abandon your faith. And then, number four, don't forget. Don't forget what God has done. And so, and so, that's what we've been dealing with. And so, I, I, I want to conclude this series today, and I would like to ask you the very same question I asked you on the first Sabbath of this year during the intercessory prayer. Perhaps you don't remember, but I asked you the question, do you want to be healed? We are in the word, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Let's go to very quickly, let's stand to our feet as we read God's word. We honor God's word. He is the king of kings. Amen. John chapter 5. We're just going to read a few verses. That's why I asked you to stand. We're not going to read the entire text here. John chapter 5. Very quickly, reading from the New King James Version. All right, this is where we get this question. If you have it, say amen. Because of time, we're just going to read on. The Bible says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Whether that's the Passover or the Pen- or Pentecost. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He went where, everybody? Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Say Bethesda. Bethesda. Having how many porches? In these lay a great what? Of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. Waiting for what everybody? For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and did what? Trouble or stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stern of the water was made well of whatever disease he had had, right? Now a certain man, say a certain man, was there who had an infirmity for how long? When Jesus, what? Lying there and knew that he already had been in that what? Condition a long time. He said to him, what? All right, do you want to be made well or do you want to be healed? Verse 7, the, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, what, everybody? Nine. Take up your what? And what? And verse 9, and immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and did what? Walk. Walk. Do you want to be healed? Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Father, speak to us even now. I pray, O oh God, that we will respond to your word. And 
I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way. Take full control of this body of mine. Let me hear your voice and let your people hear only your voice today. God, do something supernatural in this house as your word is being preached, Lord. I ask, Lord, that your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Jesus has now come up from Galilee to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate one of the religious feasts. In Jerusalem, there were different gates to enter, and they were used for a variety of purposes. One of these gates was called the Sheep Gate. You can see one of the pictures here on this picture. This was the entrance through, through which the sheep, um, they, were, they were entered through because it was time for them to be sacrificed there in the temple. And it's interesting that Jesus, the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, entered through the same gate. Now once he was inside the city, he comes to a pool called Bethesda. And there, lying all around the pool is a crowd of sick and paralyzed they have come to this spot because there, there was a legend that an angel would on occasion come and stir up the waters of the pool and the first one to get into the water would be healed. This was, of course, just a superstition. It's not true. It is believed by others that an intermittent spring below the pool caused the water to bubble sometimes. Now, picture it as Jesus moves into the midst of the helpless group. Notice that he does not, you read the Bible, notice that he does not heal everyone at the pool that day. He didn't do an altar call and laid hands on all the individuals there. As he moved among the blind and the lame, he is drawn to one particular man. The worst of the worst. Bible says that this man was sick for 38 years. This man is weak. He, he, he is feeble and unable to stand probably because of some wasting disease, perhaps cancer, tuberculosis, or multiple sclerosis. In any event, his disease made him unable to walk for 38 years. Perhaps, like many scholars, someone in here is asking, why did Jesus choose this particular man now? And why him from among all the other disabled people gathered around that pool? The only possible answer, when you continue to read the text, is God's sovereign grace. In the Father's timing, in whose timing? God's timing. This was the time. It, the Bible says that it was on the Sabbath day this healing took place. This was the place at this very pool that God would heal this man. And I'm so glad that the length and extent of this man's illness presented no problem for Jesus. The Bible says in verse 6, John chapter 5, when Jesus, what everybody? 
you got to speak. He saw him lying there and he knew that he had what? A long time. Say a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? Stop right there. May I suggest to you this afternoon that no matter what difficult situation you are faced with, let us never get to the point where we limit God and forget who God is. He is not only the God who creates, but he is also Emmanuel, the God who is with us. Uh-huh. A very present help in time of trouble. Never forget that he's not only, the Bible says he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, but he is also in the Hebrew, Elroy, the God who sees. Can I talk to you today? The Bible says that Jesus saw this man. He, he, he sees his condition and the Bible says he responds. Family, hey, hear me out. The one who knows the end from the beginning also sees our condition. He sees our dilemma, the one. He sees our state of mind. He looked down throughout the ages and in and, and, and the present and he sees our days of happiness and our days of sadness. He sees our brokenness. He sees us. He sees the things that are pushing us towards success and the things that are holding us back from achieving it. He sees everything we're going through and the Bible says and the songwriter says and just when we need him most he's there to comfort and to God. Is anybody happy that God sees them? Anybody happy that God knows when to respond? Jesus says to the man, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? To us, that's a strange question. To ask of a man who had been sick for 38 years. But don't you know that Jesus never asked a foolish question in his life? Obviously, it was important for this man to answer at least to himself the question, do I want to be healed? But I think Jesus wanted more than a yes or no answer. Jesus wanted to assess desire and faith. Because he knew this man in that story had been a beggar for a very long time. And as a beggar, his life depended on the, the, on the donations of others. Follow me. So think about it. Listen, listen. Think about it. He's a beggar, right? For 38 years. If he were healed, he would lose those donations. He would lose the attention and pity of others. Today, in some third world countries, parents are guilty of injuring their children, crippling them perhaps, so that they can earn a living by begging. If this man were healed, he would then have to be responsible for himself. He would then have to go out and work. It would be a whole new world for him. 
It would be the equivalent today of offering this to a person who had lived for a very long time on government welfare if they were willing to give that up in order to get well. Y'all ain't listening to me today. So he was, he, he was, he's contemplating, this is a risk for me. Because he, he, he understands, man, it's possible that I'm going to be responsible for myself. And so he's thinking, do I want to be healed? Please, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your mind, don't shut this word off today. He says, man, do I want to be healed? I see in this man many people like this in our, in our day. Let me break it down. Their lives are sick. They're sick. I'm not just talking about physically sick, emotionally, mentally, spiritually sick. Their lives are, hear this, their lives are dysfunctional. But they have never considered that God might have something new for them. They don't know there's something more to life. They've become satisfied with just getting by. We see this. Can I talk to the church for a second? We see this in a lot of churches today. They just, they just go through the motions. And I'm not talking about the bricks. I'm not talking about the, the keyboards. I'm talking about the people. They just go through, through, through the motions and are satisfied with just getting by. They, 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 they talk about change, but they really don't want change. They, they talk about, oh, let's go to the next level. But hey, they really don't want to go to the next level. They, 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 they talk about, man, we want to be a healthy, united body of Christian believers, but they really don't want to be healthy. Here's why. Because it comes with more responsibility and more accountability. So what happens? They stay stuck and broken in their broken condition. They stay irrelevant. They stay unfulfilled. They stay frustrated and they stay stuck and sick. Listen to me, Christ knows exactly why he's asking. Do me a favor, read. Spirit of the living God is telling me, tell everybody come upstairs. Tell everybody come upstairs. Turn it off. Come upstairs. Turn it off. Come upstairs. Christ knows exactly why he's asking this paralyzed man this rhetorical question. Because too often we as human beings, hear me, hear me now, as human beings, we assume that a person wants one thing while they just aren't where we imagine them to be. I am 38 years old, and I'm learning. This is why I said that. I'm learning that not all sick, and I'm saying this respectfully, not all sick, dysfunctional, broken people really want to be healed. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Some people don't want to receive divine um, help in their problems. 
They don't want to be helped out of their weakness. They love their weakness. They love their helplessness. They're always craving. They crave. They crave the attention of others through their helplessness. They sometimes flee, assuming responsibility for their own lives. I've even, I've even seen people turn their backs on a way of deliverance they knew would work because they did not want to be healed or to surrender their lives to Christ, even though that is their true need. You mean I have to stop eating this to be healthy? Hello. You mean I have to try to exercise um, at least 90 minutes a week so that my blood pressure and everything can be good? You mean if, if I go and, and, and work over 30 hours, I cannot be on section A no more and get food stamp? Now can I speak to my people? Because we use the government to keep us down. Who says you have to stay on section A? Who says you have to stay on food stamps? Y'all, I know people don't like this word, boy. So he's thinking, right, do I want to be healed? It's a simple question requiring a simple answer, but the man does not give one. Everybody coming up and read? Make sure they're coming up. The man does not give one. No one hanging out, no one hanging out. Instead, he registers, look at the text, he registers a complaint. He says these words, I gotta move on, let me move on. He says, sir, I have no one to put me in, into the pool. No, he's not saying rabbi, he's not saying teacher. He's not saying, hey, Jesus, I saw you, I saw you, you heal all those people, and you, you did all of those miracles. No, no, he's not even looking up. He says, sir, hey, 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 I have no one to put me into the water when it's stirred up. And while I'm going there, yeah, he wants to heal it. But he says, while I'm going there, I, 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 another does what? Step down before me. You can almost hear his defeated sigh. How many other pools have he visited in his lifetime? Did he ever have hope? Was he a kind of man who with great enthusiasm ran from one source to the next without ever finding what he felt he needed? While we cannot answer these questions from the text, his response makes clear that he is a defeated man. He is a desperate man. He wants the healing, but he's desperate. But he's also a disappointed man. For 38 years, Antonio, he has been experiencing delay after delay. The pool may have worked um, for others, but not for him. I'm guessing that some people, perhaps friends and relatives, uh, um, every day would bring him to the pool, and then in the evening they would come back and they would take him home. But while he's there, he's all alone. Because he's surrounded by others who were in the same shape as himself, sick. Poor, crippled, and he's looking around. Who's going to help me to get into this pool? And he's he, he, and, and and it's a lonely place because every man every man was looking out for themselves because they say, "Man, we need the same healing that you need." So I need to get in the front of you. Look at me! Look at me! Look at it! No, don't miss it. And so 
my dear friends, I, I, I said that because you got to understand that selfishness um, destroys lives. It destroys marriages. It destroys relationships. Selfishness, when it's all about you. It brings pain and suffering. And, and guess what? Nobody gets, nobody's help when you're just looking out for self. A competitive spirit, my dear friends, it's demonic. Y'all ain't listening to me today. When you study, when you study this text, many die on the brink of the pool for years. Why? Because the stronger trampled upon the weak in their anxiety to reach the waters when they were agitated. Mm. Preach, Walt. In this day and age, many would try to step on you. Listen, listen, listen. Many would try to step on you. Some people are so... I mean, they're so open where they, they will step over you. Oh. Or even pull you down. You're trying to go up, they pull you down. You're happy, they're pulling you down. You're satisfied with life, they're trying to pull you down. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You walk around, you're looking too good. Mm-mm, I'm going to pull you down. I'm going to talk about your shoes. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to look, something, I'm gonna look at something just to talk about you. Because they want to keep you broken and unhappy like them. But I'm so glad that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of wrong, my dear friend, Jesus knows how and he knows when to show up. And and on this day, the Bible says he takes the worst possible case to show the religious and the unreligious of the healthy and the sick, the rich and the poor, that his grace is all sufficient. Bible says, he says, man, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up and while I'm going another steps before me. When you read this text, Jaden, It's easy to feel sorry for the man. And perhaps that's what he was looking for. Because in his frustration, he misheard the question of Jesus. That's why you got to listen. There's a tight defensiveness in his answer. Jesus did not ask a complex question. A simple yes or no would have sufficed. But this man who had been already um, there a long time mistook the question for an accusation rather than an invitation. It is though he had heard that question before. There's a casual discarding to his tune, possibly even shame. If only he were able enough, fast enough, strong enough, he could be healed. Of course, the irony is that this man in need of saving could not recognize his Savior standing right in the front of him. Amen, Siri. You didn't catch it. I'll say it again, Siri. This man did not recognize, Siri, the Savior standing right in the front of him. Even Siri is listening. He didn't recognize that the only one qualified to, to heal him other means he didn't recognize him. And so the Bible says that, the Bible says that 
When Jesus, who is Jesus? The one who came to set the captives free. Who is Jesus? The one who came to heal the sick. Who is Jesus? The one who came to share heaven's good news of salvation. When Jesus spoke, the sick man heard the words of a mere man while he gazed at the waters of Bethesda, wishing it would heal him, never mind the fact that he lay before the one who separated the waters from above from those below. He was right in the front of the one who created the heavens and the earth just with his words. He was right in the front of the one who commands the boundaries of the sea. He was right in the front of the one who placed a well in the bone dry wilderness of Bathsheba so that Hagar and Ishmael would live. He was right in the front of the one who sweetened the water of Marah and caused the streams to flow from the rock. Moses struck to preserve the Israelites there in the wilderness. He was right in the front of the one who stirred the seas against Jonah and quieted them with a word in the presence of the disciples there on the Sea of Galilee when that storm came with just three words, peace be still. He was right in the front of the one who could walk on water Command its most terrifying inhabitants and eternally quench all thirst. This sick man waited on the edge of the pool. Waited for bubbles. Hoping that he would be healed. While the one who created the water within stood by his side asking, Do you want to be healed? Let me pause right here and ask you the question. Who do you see when you're going through? Who do you see in the midst of your, your sickness and your pain and your trials? Who do you see when you're faced with overwhelming delays and disappointments? Who do you see? Or are you blinded by many challenges, excuses, and failures that you can't even see the helper? The one who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Oh, beloved, the irony of this story applies to us as well. For you see, we have all exchanged the creator for his creation. The giver for his gifts. We love the gift more than the giver. We have sought to quench our thirst with broken cisterns rather than the fountain of living waters himself. Some people think that money is going to make them happy. And yet, what happens next in the story is the best part of all. Can I talk about it? We're almost done. This sick man misses and misunderstands Jesus. Hearing an accusation rather than an invitation and just seeing a mere man rather than the son of man, that's Jesus Christ. The story says that he waits beside the public pool for healing rather than turning to the one who offers living water And what does Jesus do? Does he walk away disappointed? 
in this man's belief. I'm so glad. We sing that song, I'm chasing after you, because, man, sometimes I'm just dumb. Y'all ain't listening to me. But when I make some dumb mistakes, it's Jesus who turned to me and chased after me. With his goodness and mercy, Jesus did not abandon this man. That's, that's, that should have been a shout in this house. That he did not walk away disappointed in this man's unbelief. No, he gives not only to him, but to us as well, three spiritual commands. Jesus says, number one, get up. You're being down, right? For 38 years. Jesus says, get up. I know you're comfortable in this spot. You really don't like it, but you're comfortable. When you're comfortable, you're sleeping in it. You rest in it. For 38 years, you've been watching the world pass you by on it. You want to get out of the delay and the disappointment and the foolishness? Jesus says, get up. Do something that you haven't done for a very long time. Activate your faith. That's the power of the word. Get up. The Bible says he got up, right? But let me make it practical for, 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 for you today. Jesus says, get up. Because nobody else is going to do it for you. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Constantly having a pity party for yourself or with yourself. Stop feeling like you are always the victim and blaming everybody for what is going on in your life. Can I be practical? Jesus says, get up. Stop making dumb decisions every day. Get up. Stop watching people just go by and live their life to the fullest and you'll get wallowing in your pity, crying all day long. You're trying to have a conversation and all you're bringing up is just misery and complaints. Get up! That's a spiritual command. Not only, Jesus says, only get up, but he says, pick up. No one else is going to do it for you. You get two hands. You get five senses. Use them. Pick up your bed. And while picking up, make sure it's neat. Can I be practical? For you today, pick up your bed. I said, go home and now go and pick up your, your, your real bed, right? <laughs> Figuratively speaking, right? In other words, Jesus is saying, clean up the mess 
You have been laying around in for 38 years. Pick it up. I mean, you've been, it's been years. Some of us been holding on to some stuff. Jesus says, man, it's time. It's time for you to throw away the, the negative emotions of your past, man. Time, it's time. It's time to rid your mind of it. Am I speaking to anybody? Jesus said, pick it up. Don't become a product of your dysfunctional environment. The daddy was a drunkard. That don't mean you have to be a drunkard too. Change your environment. You can do it. Jesus said, pick up your bed. Next command, he says, now walk. Practically speaking, you ready? In other words, listen to me. This, this, is, this, is, this is it. This is it. In other words, have a destination in mind. This spot, you don't even have to come back here. You're going someplace better. That spot. That spot. Misery is in this spot. But over here, going in this direction, man, there's brighter days in this, this way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Over here reminds you of your past, but hey, 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 I'm going to a better place. You got to have a destination in mind. In other words, you have to learn how to plan. Have a vision for your life. Set some goals, my dear friends. Don't just go, I'll just get up in the morning and, oh, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I I mean, yeah, I work, but what? You don't feel fulfilled. Because you're not doing what God has asked you to do. You're just trying to get by. You're just trying to make a paycheck. And so you go for years upset, not fulfilled. Because you're not living out your vision. Can I speak to somebody? So set some goals. Start with one thing. Today, start with one thing. One thing that is good, positive. Put a deadline on it. Perhaps fill out some more resumes. I mean, fill out some more applications. Get your resume together. Perhaps walk, in the, walk into, into, into your boss's office and say, you know what? I've been here for a while and I, I, I want to raise. So I'm going to ask you tomorrow, I mean on Monday at 9.30. I set a goal and I set a deadline. Y'all listening to me? Perhaps I want, I want better grades. You're not going to get better grades by just praying about it. Oh, Lord, help me to get better grades and all this stuff. Oh, help me to do well, blah, blah, blah. And you do nothing. Faith without works is dead. Pick up the book. Turn the TV off. Read. Take the kids to the library. Let them be exposed. Expose our black people to greatness. We just letting technology raise our kids because we are tired. Gotta walk. And the Bible says that when the man heard these three specific commands from Jesus, 
that immediately, instantly, the one who was sick for so long, the man who depended on the kindness of others, the man who had been carried around by others and left to be by himself all day long, this man who for 38 years has associated healing with bubbles, who scares the surface of the pool looking for bubbles, who imagined himself sinking in bubbles, who saw his trouble disappearing in bubbles, who actually thought for 38 years that carbonation equals salvation. This man whose bones and muscles became so feeble unable to walk because of his infirmities, he got up, the Bible says, and he started walking. He was healed not by some bubbly wave pool, but by the one who is an all-sufficient Savior. The one who is the healer. Don't let the good news of this sin slip by. Each of us has sat beside our own pools in the hopes of healing, paralyzed by our circumstances and self-pity. We have looked to that which cannot save, that which cannot satisfy us, and yet a gracious God has drawn near through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. And one of the things that is so true this, true this afternoon, as our Lord is moving in this room through the power of his Holy Spirit is that he will only ask this question of those who want to be healed. He will say nothing to those who do not. God is not going to force you. Some perhaps may have yet reached the place this man had reached. They're not helpless enough yet. They're not ready to give up on human efforts to solve their problems, to get them out of their delays and disappointments. They're not ready to admit that they cannot make it on their own. They're still determined to get into the water when it's troubled. Jesus can do nothing for them. If indeed, you can stop playing for me. If indeed there are some who identify with this man in our story, hear me now, don't miss this part. The Lord is not asking you, follow me, he is not asking you, do you want to stay stuck in your misery, in your weaknesses, and in your pain? He's not asking you, do you want to keep settling for less rather than God's best for your life? He's not asking, do you want to continue making the same poor excuses for not being all you have been created to be in Christ Jesus? He's not asking you today, do you want to stay in that secret sin? Do you want to stay struggling with that deadly um, um, addiction? He's not asking, do you want to be overcome by delays and disappointments? No, no, no. These are not the questions he's asking us today. But as we close this sermon series, he's asking rather, do you want to be better? Yeah. 
Do you want to be strong? Do you want to rise above your challenges? Do you want to challenge the status quo? He's asking today, do you want to see the goodness of the Lord? Do you want to see God do so much with so little? He's asking, do you want greater for your life? Greater for your family? Greater for your community? He's asking, do you want to be a person of excellence or negativity? He's asking, do you want that degree? Do you want that position? Do you want that promotion? Do you want that bill to be paid and that mortgage to be paid off? He's saying, do you want to be blessed and not cursed? Today, he's asking, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be the head and not the tail? Do you want deliverance from poverty and lack of finances? Do you want the stronghold of generational curses, addiction to drugs and alcohol, pornography, depression, domestic abuse and violence to be broken? He said today, do you want to thrive in your life? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to be healed? And if the answer is yes, just as he commanded the man that was sick for, um, for, for 38 years, Jesus commands that we take action, that we move from, from our fixed position, that we get up, that we rise, that we take up our beds and we walk. My dear friends, it's cleaning, it's, 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 it's moving time. I said it's moving time. I said it's moving time. I said it's moving time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Come on, come on. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's moving time. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus says, get up. Tell him, get up. Pick up your bed and walk. Figuratively speaking, the reason, hear me now as we close, the reason we are picking up our bed and we're walking because no longer are we going to lay on our past failures. No longer are we going to lay on our insecurities. No longer are we going to lay on the things that the enemy has designed to keep us locked down. No longer are we going to lay on hopelessness, on despair. No longer we are going to be overtaken by delays and disappointments because we understand that God's delays are not God's denials. We now understand that only the grace of God can heal us. We now understand that Jesus, who gave us the power to get up and pick up our beds, is going to give us the power and the strength Walk, keep on walking beside him every day. If you receive that word, come on and shout hallelujah. If you receive that word, shout hallelujah. So I close. Come back. I close with this. Don't miss it. It is said, I heard an illustration about some of the natives in Africa when catching monkeys. 
what they will do, they will get the cage and they'll set it up, they'll trap, and inside they will put a bunch of bananas. Now the monkey is smart enough to not go in the cage. Smart enough. But the monkey is greedy. I still want a banana. So what the monkey is going to do, put his hand through the bars of the cage. Grab hold of the banana. Now the monkey is ready to go now. I got, my, I got the food. I'm good. But when he pull out, not coming out. It's stuck. So what are you going to do now? Some will let it go. But the monkey keeps holding on. Try to switch hands. It ain't working. It ain't working. The best thing to do is to drop it. And walk away. But what happens? The monkey continue to hold on to it. And now he's trapped. And now He's being captured. Because why? He's holding on tightly to bananas. Because he wants it. Your head's about. Your head's about. Hold on, baby. Your head's about and your eyes are closed. I told you this story. Because, like this monkey, some of us are trapped. I want to ask you. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I really want you to really think about this. What is preventing you from being free and living the life that God wants you to live to the fullest? Is it the delays and the disappointments you are experiencing? Is it pride? Is it a sin that you love indulging in? Is it anger and unforgiveness? What is it? What would Jesus have you and I pick up today? What are you holding on to tightly as your only hope? Is it money? Is it health? Is it a job? Is it relationship? said hobbies listen whatever you are holding on to tighter than your faith I believe Jesus is saying to you today pick up your bed and walk because if we're not careful the very bed that we're holding on to and laying on can become our hope rather than our hope being in Jesus Christ So with your heads lifted now and your eyes open, right now in the spirit of thankfulness, in the spirit of happiness, in the spirit of joy, are you ready to get up? Are you ready? Come on, come on. Are you ready to pick up your bed? Is there anybody in this house ready to walk, trusting in God that he will bring you out? Trusting that he will carry your burdens. Anybody saying, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. If that is your answer, if you say yes, stand to your feet. Come on, sing the chorus. Stand to your feet. Come on.
I'll say yes. Come on, sing it. Lord, yes. To you. To your will and to your I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Lord, That's your response. I will trust you and say when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole family we have heard the word you have responded now you have to do your part get up and walk live by faith no matter what you trust God get rid of things that are negative get rid of it get rid of it Keep your surrounding clean with the spirit of God moving in your surrounding. Remember to set those goals. Have a destination in mind. And trust me, when you commit your plans to the Lord, the Bible says that you will succeed. So take this word, my dear friends, and you will be healed. Before we close this service, it's very important for us also to respond to the plan of salvation, God says, if anyone hears his voice, harden not your heart. He says, hey, I have the power to make you whole, make you a new person. I want you to bury that old person and, be, and rise up and be a new person. That's called baptism. Next week, Saturday, we're going to have a baptism in this house. All right. Somebody is already ready to be baptized. But I want to know, is there someone else? You're saying... Pastor, I want to be a part of that baptism. I've heard this message. No longer I want to stay sick and miserable. I want to be clean. I want a new start. I want, I want to reboot. I want, I want to walk by faith. Pastor, I want to be clean. Today you're saying that's you. You want to be baptized for the first time. You've never been baptized before. All you have to do is raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I, I want you to meet with me this week. I want to be baptized. Say, anybody? Perhaps you're being rebaptized. You want to be rebaptized. You've been baptized before. But you're saying, man, this is a year of rebirth. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I don't want to turn away. I don't want to be laying on that mat all day long. I want a new start. Come on, today. Today is anybody, come on, come on. You're thinking about it, you're thinking about it, you're contemplating. Is this it? Should I do it? Yes, you should do it. Anybody? You're saying I want to be baptized. Come on, come on. Don't turn your heart away. You want to, you want to be restored. This could be the last day. This could be the last hour to make this response because you never know while you walk under this door, you can drop down dead. A car can hit you. This is it. Is anybody, come on, don't miss this opportunity while the Spirit of God is moving and He's speaking. 
Come on, I know you're thinking about it. I know you're saying, should I raise my hand? I will come and get you. Anybody? 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 Anybody want to join this place in next week? And you're saying, I want to be baptized or re-baptized. Don't miss it. Father, your word went forth. And I know it will never return unto you void. And so, Lord, as we go throughout this day and this week, help us to stay strong. Help us to stay committed to the word we have heard today. And I pray, oh God, that we'll continue to experience the blessings of the Lord. And I pray, oh God, that we'll share what we have heard in this house today. And that we will live for you, oh God. And that, oh God, we'll remain strong. And so, Lord, bless the food downstairs. Bless our fellowship time. Keep us always in your presence. In Jesus' name. Come on and put your hands together. I'll say yes. Have a blessed week. Yes, come on. To your will and to your way. I will say yes. Come on, Lord. Yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart, I will. Spirit speaks to me.